I don't care if the sun don't shine I do my drinking in the evening time when I'm in Las Vegas You can sit in the sun and camp I get my color from a sunray lamp when I'm in Las Vegas I love the laughs and love the life there's fun of every kind Next time I come I'll bring my wife I'll do that if I lose my mind A wife in Vegas take my advice is like going to China with a sack of rice But I love Las Vegas Welcome, everybody, to Court Cousins, episode 49. My name is Kyle. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, my dashing cousin, Jason the Peach. We've got a wonderful episode for you, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, we're going to start off by checking in with each other, doing a social-emotional check-in on the scale of a Cole Anthony for the psychological check-in. We will scour the interwebs for your interesting posts and tweets about our beloved Orlando Magic in the social media roundup. We'll get our quills ready for fill in the blank and don't go anywhere, you scoundrels, you beautiful scallywags, you second cousins. Stick around for the large ending. But before any of that hijinks and hilarity, definitely have to shout out the people that make this show go, the All-Stars and Second Cousins on our Patreon. Shout out to Magic Player History, Bolby the Dawn, Paulo and Franz's Warmth, Andy, Dylan Holden, Drum, Raphael Perez, Breadhead, Matthew Bell, Dan Young, Gloria and Damian, Connor and Yachty, and a special shout out to our boy Wiffle, sending you love, homie. They say what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. But today on Court Cousins, you're going to hear about it. That sounded less like a shout out and more of like a call out. Like I'm going to get called out for everything that happened. No, the person was across the street. And oh. so I just had to raise my voice slightly so they could hear what I, what I was going to say. Small street, not not a Vegas style street, like a regular. Yes. So a better way to think about it than a shout out might be just like a loud communication. Yeah, well, you know, my shout-out list is getting smaller. I keep trying to add things to it. <laughs> but I figured that this one was a specific yell-out for today's show. So um, I don't think we're going to get any complaints about the shout-outs, are we here? <laughs> I like how you changed the verbiage to yell-out. But it sounds like Peach is getting dry in the well, so help him uh, with some things that you might exclaim. Put those in the comments to help him. Uh, mm, to... Moisten my well. <laughs> Man, we're not even into the show and it's already moist, baby. It's going to be a good one, didn't I tell you, folks? Episode 49, it's one for the books. Um, the community is awesome over on the Patreon. Today, specifically, we got a lot of feedback for the fill-in-the-blank, which we're using on the show. We've been chatting in the Discord. We're doing our monthly video hangs. If any of that is something that you sound... It you like you'd be interested in head on over there and, and help out the show we still have a bunch of stuff that we need to do i'm dragging my feet on getting some audio stuff for peach but it's gonna happen um and all the money that we've been collecting will go towards that stuff so thank you so much everyone for your contributions my current audio does not please him no i, I it's good it's good i'm still working out the kinks maybe i can figure it out on my side but you just sounded a little bit better in studio coming through the mixer, well, man. 
Yeah, that's true. That's yeah, true. it was nice. Yeah. And I think we can figure that out, just get you some type of little audio interface between the computer and you. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. What I care about, not audio, Peach. I mean, I do care about audio. I do. But what I really care about is you, sir. You're my mm -hmm. cousin, co-host. I love you, buddy. We don't get to see each other as much anymore. So these psychological check-ins have really taken on a new level of importance. So, sir, how are you doing? How are you feeling today for the psychological check-in? Uh, well, you're, you're going to hate me because, uh, I, look, I found this picture of Cole Anthony and I said, I have to share uh -oh. this picture of Cole Anthony. Yeah. Uh, so you're, you're not going to get as much, I'll, I'll, I'll get to the emotional thing in a minute, but first of all, how glorious is this picture of Cole Anthony with the hoop bus. Now I've selected it. Why did it, why did it reach my soul? Why did it, oh, what's just to Cole's right? Hmm. What's just to my right? Oh yeah. Vermont license plate. <laughs> <You got it. laughs> the hoop bus has the Vermont license plate. It hails from there. So it was cool that he saw that when he was in Vegas. Um, I saw lots of good videos of that from there. And it's fun to see, you know, big name people in the NBA world, like playing on this hoop bus with a Vermont plate there. Like that's, those are things you'd think will never be near each other. And yet there they were. So <laughs> for me, that's cool. But also if you want to take it from his stance here with the, with the crossed arms, he kind of looks all business, doesn't he? Like, mm. like he's got stuff to do and he's kind of like just taking a second to appreciate it, but he's all business. And that's, that's kind of been me lately. I've been doing a lot of different things at work, just a wide spectrum of things to get stuff done. Um, and it's been fun and it's been good, but I have stopped along the way to take pictures. I haven't shared a ton of them yet. I'm kind of waiting to put them all together in one big thing, uh, about like my first few months here. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's going pretty well. It's just mostly just kind of getting, getting stuff done. Just, just being a boss, you know, how you it's doing? It's business. It's business time for peace Ooh, right now. Can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. The vlog is coming then, I guess we're, we're going to get our update on uh, jasonpichet.com or is that going to be a court cousins vehicle? Uh, no, this could be a, this could be just, yeah, it'll be on jasonpj.com. Probably like an audio blog or something. I don't know if I have enough. Oh. I'm definitely not getting into a whole bunch of video editing stuff. You know how much I love doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to do that in theory, but I yes. would, it would take way too long to make it. I would take an, a month to make it. And then by then more stuff would happen. So I'm just, yeah, I'm not, not. You're, not per, you're, you're a little perfectionist with it. That's what you with kinda, that. Yeah, yeah, with the video editing stuff. You want it to be a I certain way. I can't do way. it right. Right. Yeah. You picture it in your head and then you get frustrated when you can't create it in video. I understand that. That mm -hmm. happens. Mm -hmm. That happens to me sometimes and I abandon things. <laughs> Did that just change your psychological check-in just this moment? <laughs> no, I know you asked me before, but I was giving a little bit of a pause for you to ask me again and set it up. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. What do you got going on? What's your psychological check-in feeling like? <laughs> Well, I have this uh, picture of Cole, I think, I guess from the all-white party that he went to. Uh, he's got the shades on, which you think would be a great thing. You know, he's going out to a party. He's got the shades on. He's looking cool. But beneath mm -hmm. that, beneath those shades, Peach, is a little mm -hmm. bit of anxiety. I just woke up today just, I don't know, feeling a little bit anxious about the day. I have a party to go to in the afternoon that I'm not really stoked about, uh, but the lady wants to. I'm kind of feeling one of those days where I just barely want to leave the house. I've already left once, and I, if I didn't have to again, that would be fantastic. And so I'm feeling a little overwhelmed by some of the social endeavors that I have to have later on today. 
and um, you know Cole's going to a party just like me. Maybe I'll take a page out of his book and just throw the shades on. That's a little bit of a barrier. Maybe helps me feel a little bit more comfortable, and uh, I'll just have a good time at the party. Just go in with an open mindset. That's what I'm trying to talk myself into right now. Is it also an all-white party that you're going to? No, um, no, there'll be people of all different races there. It's a totally like mixed community. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've always thought the idea of an all-white party is really silly because the last color I want to wear to a party is white. I mean, you're eating food, mm. uh, whatever it is. Like, there's no white hides, no stains. So right. you've got to be. I wouldn't eat if I was going to an all-white party and I'm all white. I'm not having any food. Oh, you got to yeah. get some of this. No, I'm good, man. I ate before I came, even if I didn't. I'm just right. not gonna eat. <laughs> no fruity beverages for you either. It could be a, a drink stain as well. And then yeah, that'd be tough. Only clear, only clear alcohols probably. Yeah, nothing, yeah. nothing's gonna stain. You got to make sure you give, have the that'd white. That'd give me anxiety. <laughs> yeah, you got to have the white boxer briefs clean and dry and ready to go. Like, what if I, I've only got a few pair of those of the white undies? Yep. So what if they're yep. not ready? How do I go about? What do I do now? I can't mm -hmm. wear my blue undies under the white pants. It's gonna look silly. <laughs> Can't do it. <laughs> so many problems presented. See, this is why I'm feeling anxious about going to a party, man. There's way too many variables right now. But yours Look, isn't a white party. You can wear whatever color you want. That's true. That's true. Thank you for easing my anxiety. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Anxiety is something you know I deal with it for no no good reason. And so maybe some of you out there can relate. It's just it just kind of crops up and I guess I find the best antidote is doing something that makes me feel good. So maybe after the, yeah, I'm feeling good doing this, hanging out with my cousin, talking magic, that makes me feel good. Maybe I'll get a little workout in before I go, get my, my, into my body out of my mind. And that tends to help me, but we're all, we're all a little different in how we deal with these things. Mm -hmm. That's why it's important to do the psychological checking with your friends, people, you learn their strategies, they learn yours. We can help each other get through this, uh, this life on this, globe through the uh the universe here uh okay uh <laughs> often for me it really just comes about saying stuff out loud when mm. you say stuff out loud a lot of times you just kind of like you'll hear it being said and be like oh that's yeah. insane i'm being weird yeah. <laughs> i yeah. should just knock that shit off <laughs> or, right. or or you'll you'll just hear it and be like why are you being so you're so spoiled right now like what's your problem mm. you know like that that's what works for me like kind of i kind of hear my own voice and go are you saying this right now come on bro yeah. Or I, I'm different. I'm different than everybody else. So. We all are. We all are. We're all beautiful, unique flowers, right, Peach? Growth flower? <laughs> Deep cut for those of you, the real ones out there. Where's been the growth flower, Peach? Is it coming back this year? The growth flower right now is enjoying it's it's hot and it's just hanging out in the shade. It's not yeah. trying to grow. It's just kind of live there. Okay. I can't wait to grow once the season starts and stuff actually starts happening. <laughs> All right. Well, let's make some stuff start happening on this show, Peach. Let's get right into the social media roundup. This is that segment where we scour the interwebs looking for your posts that are thoughtful, intriguing, or just downright funny about our beloved Orlando Magic franchise. So we've got a couple news bits to start it off, and then I promise there are some knee slappers coming down the pike but the first post that we're starting with is from jason bead or bd i don't know how his last name is pronounced at the real bead um 
And he is the new reporter, the new beat reporter for the Orlando Sentinel covering the Orlando Magic. And he is retweeting a press release from the Orlando Magic about a recent transaction that the between the Magic and the Suns uh, for some pick swaps. So he says the Magic's draft... Uh, the Magic's draft picks trade with the Suns is official, the team said. Read more from my Sunday story explaining the trade. And the trade is the Magic have acquired the unprotected swap rights to a 2026 first-round draft pick from Phoenix or Washington in exchange for three <laughs> future second-round draft picks. Stay with me, people. The 2024 pick from, the, from Denver, the 2026 least favorable between Orlando, Milwaukee, or Detroit, and the 2028 pick from Boston. Woo! Peach is already knocked out. He can't. I know. Oh, yeah. Like he, he, he fell asleep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can you? You just went. You just went to a class that we're going to talk about a little bit later. Your your time in Vegas. We, the sure. fact that we got this far on the show and didn't is weird. <laughs> uh, but but uh, you just learned some things. Can you tell me yeah. why this matters? Because I just see all this and I get disinterested. And I'm like, call me in 2026 when this matters. Yeah. So, I mean, essentially the best way to break it down is both the Phoenix Suns and the Orlando Magic are betting on themselves. The Orlando Magic are getting the second best of the first round picks between Washington, Phoenix, and themselves in 2026. So Washington gets first priority. They're going to choose between their own pick and Phoenix's pick. So whoever is worse, that's who's pick Washington will want then after that transaction happens the magic will come in and say all right well we'll take the best pick of whatever the Suns have or ours so obviously worst teams have better picks generally so we're betting on ourselves to be better than both even in both Washington and Phoenix and we are trading three those three second round picks for the right to swap our first round pick. We're not gaining a pick. We're gaining the right to swap ours with theirs. So betting on ourselves. And I did get clarification from uh, Jason who was prompt in responding. So thanks very much, homie. And really what this is, is again, it's the betting on the selves It's the betting that by 2026, the Phoenix suns will stink because KD will be old and a free agent at that time. Um, Beal will have a player option that he'll most certainly opt into because it's probably like 50 or 60 million and Booker is also going to be making 60 million. So the magic, I think the front office uh, now making this move saying, okay, well, they're going to be kind of strapped with these very expensive players. Katie's probably going to be gone. We should be ascending and we'll have a, we, they should have a better pick than us and we can swap with them. So that's, that's what you hope for. That's what you hope for. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Steph and I conferred. We, we don't, we don't love it. Yeah. Uh, we, we, you know, we don't hate it. I like the idea that a concept of betting on ourselves and thinking mm -hmm. we'll be better than the Suns and the wizards. I think we're all kind of like hoping we'll be better than the wizards. And yeah, I guess the idea of who's going to be around on Phoenix by that point is valid question. Uh, I just don't see this as necessary. My friend, I just don't. Yeah. I, I just feel this feels like a move for the sake of moves. Like someone said, oh, you've got to do something by July 25th. And so he was just like, uh, do this. And it's like, 
okay. I mean, I guess we don't really want to make any second round picks in the next few years, which I get because we have a really young team already. So we probably don't need the second round picks. I'll give you that. I'm not upset they're gone. I just don't think, you know, I've seen other better deals go down for second round picks. So to give up that many for just a pick swap is like, feels like a non-move or I just, Right, because the the, da- the danger of it is the Phoenix Suns continue to evolve and stay good with Booker as their centerpiece, and we're not better than them. And so you, the danger is you gave away three second-round picks for nothing. It could be nothing. For nothing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you could end up just picking at your own spot in 2026, and therefore we moved them, exact, as you said, for yeah. nothing. So, you know, th- we'll see. We haven't used it, second round it's picks. It's low risk. Right. Yeah. This is Anthony Parker's first move. I like to see him coming in and trying to be creative. You know, he's it's it's a it's something. As you said, we've got all of our first round picks plus um one other moving forward and a whole bunch of second rounders. So we can't take all those guys. Our team is young already. We can't be hoping to take so many dudes. Anthony Parker, big swing piece. You get you giving your stamp of approval? Um, I mean, not yet. We will have to get to 2026 really before we can put a solid grade on this deal. But to me, it, it's it's not good right now. It just seems like a waste. But I, it, you can't you can't tell until it all goes down. So yeah, could have just given away three second round picks for for nothing basically. But okay, sure. We'll see. We'll <laughs> see. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, I, I like where it it makes sense. It makes sense. Also, no cash considerations. Almost every trade we have, especially <laughs> if they involve second round pick, no cash considerations. That's weak sauce. We love that guy. Come on. You're going to make a move. You bring back cash. You hear me? <laughs> John Hammond's in his ear today, man. What the hell, Parker? I thought you were going to be my predecessor and do, do this well, do this job well. No cash. This guy has, he has not looked at the books yet. He didn't realize that we need more cash. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a big, it's a big miss on my, on my part, honestly. <laughs> I did learn a little bit more about, uh, the cash considerations, but I got to put it back together in my head. Apparently it's like, it's a good amount of money. It's hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like it can be over 500,000 between a 500 and a million dollars. Like it's not, it's not a little bit of money. Yeah. Cash considerations is like more than the average human will make in a lifetime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, almost. <laughs> so it's a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Now let's go on to the other piece of news. Peach coach Mosley from Orlando magic HQ, always making fresh graphics with all the magic news. Make sure you're following them. I'm sure you are already. If you're listening here, the U S select team will be coached by Jamal Mosley of the Orlando magic, according to the league. Wow. So the select team is the tier below who is going. So it's going to be those guys that were just on the cusp of making the USA national team. Not quite there. They may be the guys that are playing in that on that national team in like a year or two. It's a team that will that the mat, the national team will scrimmage against a lot of times, <laughs> stuff like that. Why are you laughing? Should I'm trying to give some little context. 
No, that's good, but yeah. I'm laughing because they should be called the U.S. not selected team. Like, <laughs> I just don't understand the name, and I didn't know what they were until you just told me, so thank you for that, because I didn't get what it was. There's way too many of these little versions of, oh, we're playing basketball, and we're this little group, and we're from Tennessee, so we're playing in this tournament against all these other states, or, hey, we're the USA, and we're playing against uh, the, the Copa FIBA basketball championship of doom, and it's like, come on, man, I don't care about all these things. This is a great honor for Coach mosley though i'm not trying to take anything away from him but whatever yeah. this is i'm not gonna watch it so. no well it's not it's not televised i don't think there might be one <laughs> scrimmage i think they have like a they might have like a red white and blue scrimmage sometimes they do and they publicize that like right before the uh the world cup or whatever is coming as you said is it FIBA? is it the world cup uh, it's one of those two coming up at the end of august or mid-august yep. but um yeah this won't be televised i think it's just a it speaks number one volumes about how coach Mosley is looked at around the league. He is looked at as kind of that next coach up, you know, about who, who may take the reins of the USA national team. Now coach Mosley is a consideration for that um, in the future. So he is, or if he, some, some yeah. coach tears his hamstring over there, boom. Yeah. They bring him over. <laughs> He's in <laughs> too vigorously uh, getting excited on, on the sideline. I think it's great too, just as a you know magic perspective. This is our guy. This is our leader going there to now develop relationships with other stars around the league. He's always been known as a relationships guy. Much has been made with you know how close he and Luca are. He strikes me as the guy that's still in communication with so many people that he play has played with or worked with or even just randomly met. So uh, in terms of within the league, so this is could be a jump starter for a lot of great relationships and. Again, put that thought in players' minds when their contract comes up or when they get a little uh, unruly, maybe, or unhappy with their situation. Damn, playing for Coach Mosley was a lot of fun, man. He was a good dude. Like They got something good going in Orlando. Let me hit up my agent real quick. Something like that. Maybe I'm reading a little too into it, yeah. Pish. No, you are. I mean, I'm the one who found this and put this in here, and it was for that point that you just made. They're like, of this whole thing, the only – I don't care whether they win, lose, draw. doesn't matter to me. I don't care about that. The fact that he gets to be there and form those relationships with guys who are going to be free agents at some point, and then we'll remember playing with Mosley and, and potentially come to Orlando. It's helped. It's part of what will change the culture of being a place for free agents. We didn't make a massive swing this year. We didn't need to, Okay. That's something we can look at down the road, and now it'll be a little easier to entice guys to maybe come in for a little less money if they like Jamal and they like the the core that we've got and what we're we got going on. So this is part of the this is part of the slow playing the long game, which I love. So congrats to to most. Talking about the pick swaps just a moment ago, Peach, I mentioned mm -hmm. how um, Jason was kind enough to reply to my to my post about it, but there um, there are some questions about our friend Jason Peach in the community. Okay. We're going to that one. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some, some fans are a little irate that Jason who grew up as a Miami heat fan is now covering the Orlando magic for the Orlando Sentinel. And also friend of the show, Orlando magic HQ's uh, Brett James, who makes some really good Orlando magic content, straight form content on YouTube is also raised as an, a Miami Heat fan. So, you know, Wingspan Whisperer here says there's no effing way the Sentinel hired a Heat fan to cover the Magic. Unbelievable. And then also um, showing, you know, Brett in a Heat jersey next to the title trophy <laughs> posing. It's like, you know, there's some frustration that, hey, 
what can we have like magic fan content creators and writers actually covering the magic why is it why do we have to have heat fans come and cover our team what say you about this peach how wh where's your your social emotional check-in on this one do you have another psychological uh, check-in for this one a little yeah i think uh first of all i do agree with what you're saying there like there's plenty of good magic content guys out there we've had some of them on this show we reference them in this segment almost every time we do a show uh why can't they just get one of the guys from hq or one of the guys from six man show those guys write articles and stuff like that why not give them a shot they've been following the team for years they know what's going on wouldn't you rather have that voice of the fan in there however i think probably because we're not from the area i feel this way but like if he's a good journalist, he's going to just do his job. You're looking at a guy. You can see it right here on the edge. I was a Canadians fan. I worked for the Boston Bruins for six years. I did my job very well. As a matter of fact, I did my job better than I should because I knew if I didn't do a good job, the first guy they'd want to fire is the Canadians fan. So you can tell that the, the guys at the Sentinel, if he's not doing his job right, they'll get rid of him in a hurry. and They're not going to feel like they owe him anything. So you can definitely do stuff right now. I work for the Dallas stars. That's a completely different separate organization. Like you can work for other organizations and still do your job to the best of your ability. He doesn't need to be a fan. If you're covering the team and you're going to give honest, straightforward journalism, let's see how he does. I'm not ready to, to throw him out yet. Let's, let's see how he does first. See, that's why I knew you were going to bring some level headed to this uh, conversation piece. Speaking of a man from experience, that's helpful. That see, you know, now you're inviting sympathy and empathy into my heart, Peach, and that's why I love you. All right, I can have empathy and understanding for our boy Jason and uh, Brett over there. So you know, Jason's doing a job, man. He wants to be a journalist. This is an opportunity that came his way. He's been covering uh, UCF, as I understand, within the Orlando Sentinel uh, organization. So now he's just, he's stepping to a, a different, I guess, a promotion in a sense. So good for him. And I think he can still do the job. Well, now for Brett, I got to talk to Brett, man. I'm curious about his, his path because his is more of a choice. He's, he's being a YouTube content creator and is collaborating with the ozone guys. But why, why content create for the Orlando magic when we have a smaller fan base than presumably a team that you like in the Miami heat. Why not just create content for the Miami heat? That's a, that's an interesting question I need to ask, or maybe this, the photo of him is taken out of context and maybe it was, he actually took that Jersey off just after this photo was taken, burned it and, you know, was mocking the heat in some way. Maybe that T that he's making that symbol is for uh, totally shitty. You know, maybe that's why. <laughs> Maybe he lost a bet. I mean, I've definitely worn jerseys <laughs> of teams I don't like because because I lost a bet. I mean, it happens. But I know he's probably a Heat fan. Look, he he probably would prefer to write for Miami. But you take a job when you get it, man. Like, I mean, yeah. it's a it's a good job. It's a good job. That's why I moved to Dallas. It's not because I'm a mega stars fan. I was kind of indifferent on him. But it's yeah. a good job, and you just come here and you do your work. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think uh, I think I'm I'm ready to 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 see what he has to do, and it it. it I'm I'm here for it. Welcome. Yeah. I say well. I say welcome. Okay. Hopefully he does a good job. I'm I'm gonna start there, and then he can he can only go down. I'm, I'm starting him here. Okay. Wow. See, let let Peach open your hearts, ladies and gentlemen. It might be hard though, Peach. I don't know if I can open my heart all the way up to Al Roker. Ooh. And I, I'm gonna play. <laughs> I'm gonna play the the bit for everyone right now. 
so everyone has some context. I, that name of the team, the Washington Magic. I thought about the exact thing when we were watching, but then I was like, what about the Orlando Magic? Are they still a team? I think I commented on that, piece uh, from our account. Uh, the forecast calls from sh for shade from Al Roker, unnecessary. Yeah. Now the 407's most hated weatherman. <sighs> yeah, it is. It's a weird move from him. Clearly, he's casual in the NBA world to not know that. <laughs> um, I did have in 1989 when they decided to come up with this name, or 88, 89 when they came up with it. You yeah, know, that was Magic Johnson was still playing. I was confused as well. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Why are we naming an NBA team after a player that's not an owner or player on our team? Like, yeah, he actually played against the Magic before his career was over. So it just <laughs> did seem like a weird move. So it's kind of odd that Al didn't have that in the back of his brain already. Like, we did this, bro. We yeah. did this like years ago. We figured this out. 35 years ago, we were talking about this. So, uh, yeah, it seems like some sort of shade. Maybe he's a Heat fan. He's a weatherman, right? They're everywhere, Peach. They're <laughs> everywhere. Shout out to the uh, the host, though, for calling him out on that. She yes. knows her shit. She's an NBA. She's a huge fan. She's a second cousin. She's watching. So What is that? Was that Hoda Copy? I can't remember who they have in there yet. Um, I This is my first time seeing, I don't even know, what is this, CBS, NBC, something like that? Who knows? But yeah. shout out to you, homegirl, second cousin. Thanks for watching the show. We love you. <laughs> okay, let's go to some general uh, NBA news. Peach, I'm not a huge gamer. All right, I'm not a big gamer, so this one, you know, wouldn't normally strike my fancy, but it does bring up an interesting talking point. All right, this Homies. one, he's already Jamal Murray was given an 84 ranking by NBA 2K24. Um, below guys like Miles Turner, Brooke Lopez, the list goes on. Um, what's going on with this? And, and, and I mean, I, I don't know. Jamal checks in. He he says, "Hey, man, yeah, what do I gotta do?" <laughs> and I gotta, I gotta, I gotta echo that sentiment. I have no idea what that man needs to do to get in the nineties. I've got him in a ninety or ninety-one myself, like right now. So what, I don't. What what does he need? Second best player on a team that wins the chip. You gotta. It's ninety is just respect, right? Just you get an a minus ninety. You just yeah. won the chip. Even Aaron Gordon, we'd probably be okay with an 84 or 72. Like, we'd be cool with it. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense with the way he played and the position he was in. Yeah. But he can't be an 84 if Jamal's an 84. Right. No. Yeah, so I mean, he's he got to be a 70. the 70s, then, yeah. which is a little disrespectful to him. And you know how much I dislike him. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, we will. <laughs> but, what else, but what else is disrespectful is the fact that Victor Wembanyama has come out as a 93 overall. Yes. And, and that is the highest any rookie has ever debuted in these games. Okay. That is ridiculous. A lot of times, no matter how good a rookie is going to be, they start with a low one, but their but their potential will be high so that mm. they can raise it during the season. But I've never seen a rookie be a 90 even after one season in those games. So for him to start at a 93 seems like gross negligence, especially when you have Mr. Jamal Murray down there at an 84. I don't like it. I'm not saying Victor can't get to 93. I'm saying I want to see him play an NBA game before you give this guy anything over, God, even over 85. So it, wow. this is a swing and a miss here. Maybe they just did it so that they'd get people talking about it. It's repub for them. They're getting it right now. Enjoy. Right. But it's working. That's the only reason to do it because it's otherwise it's, it's just not right. 
I just looked up quickly. Paulo Bencaro's at an 84. So he's got the same thing as uh, Jamal. Right. I love Paulo. But is yeah. Paulo on Jamal's level right now? No, he's not. Yeah, right. No, that's so fair. That, just this from is... that standpoint, there needs to be a bump for, for, for him. So Wemby is above Ja Morant, Kawhi Leonard, Zion Williamson, Devin Booker. Oh, he's at the same level as Devin Booker. Um, Donovan Mitchell, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Jalen Brown, Trey Young. I mean, everybody, pretty much everybody. De'Aaron Fox, that, Tyrese that's, Halliburton. Yeah, that's everybody. the all-stars of the NBA. Like, that, yeah. that's, that's all-star level. So, like, you're already putting him at this level before he's played an NBA game. And can he get there during the season? Yeah, but you know what? NBA 2K is one of those games that's live online. They update guys' yeah. ratings throughout the season. So just start him low and then move him up as he yeah. proves himself. There's no reason to start him at 93. It's not right. No. I mean, I get if you want to make this guy the highest. I don't follow the game, so I don't know what the highest ever rookie rating was when LeBron came out. These games weren't as huge, but and these ratings weren't as huge as they are now. So if you want to make him higher than LeBron, and LeBron was at a 92, so you got to make him a 93 because – Everyone is in the Wemby. He's he's generational. Hey, okay. I, I saw him play for a few minutes at Summer League, and you could tell even in that time that he is definitely different. But it just seems it seems weird. Like you said, like just make the sky high, make the, the, the ceiling high and let him get there after a couple games played. Gotta do it first. The guy loves to touch ceilings. He's right <laughs> next to him. Um, yeah. this is, this is <laughs> speaking of someone's rating, we were, we were talking about age Aaron Gordon's rating. This is mm. from the Nets fan official Nets fan posted this players loved by their former fan base. Um, ours was Aaron Gordon and Tracy McGrady legacy says we do not love Aaron we Gordon. Not. We do not. He wouldn't even be in the top 20, right? Of like most magic fans. Yeah. We've had anybody so who's many been players... around longer than like. Yeah, a couple yeah i mean we yeah exactly we if you're what, what's your filter for this does a player have to have played for four years with the magic even so there is a laundry list of players above aaron gordon that we would prefer yeah. i mean you mentioned it the other day nikola vucevic played on the same team as aaron gordon and right. far more beloved than aaron yes. gordon yeah working out currently with wendell carter jr by the way in the summer which is interesting but right. uh yeah he would he would be the one that i would i would assume that all of the magic fans still love i think mm -hmm. a lot of people have high reverence for evan fournier and dj augustine and everybody seems to love michael carter williams like there's a ton of guys that we love that like aren't necessarily should be loved but there's just loved by this fan base so whoever put this together they didn't know what they're talking about <laughs> clearly not peach clearly not um but you know you know what you're talking about peach when you're when you're talking the game of basketball and something we've been talking about a lot last season were some rules that have gotten changed so we got to touch on them the two big rules this year this one is from the score the nba approves an in-game technical foul free throw for flopping and uh, second coach's challenge if the first is successful. So uh, with Magic, we don't have to worry about that second one because we never get our challenges right. But the flopping <laughs> is interesting to talk about because we've played some floppers. Yeah, the second coach's challenge if first successful, we've talked about that enough on the show. We already super thumbs up on that. 
yeah. that just makes sense. Uh, it kind of echoes what the NFL did, and I feel like they're going in that direction. So that that's good. Whatever mm-hmm. we have to do to get calls right. Yeah. The free throw for flopping is interesting. I'm going to be interested to know who it is that takes the first flop, why his name's Kyle Lowry, and uh, how often <laughs> this happens, and whether it will stop guys from moving in to take that charge a little bit. Because I think there was a big uproar last year over the charge, and and oh, let's take the charge out of the game, some people said, who are weird. But this this would help get rid of people always trying to take the charge if there's a chance that the flop could lead to a free throw anyway. A yeah. free throw I am a ball. Right. Yeah. Like that, that would, that would make you think twice before trying to slide in there and get it. Um, but I think the flop is going to be, I think it's going to be more of a, an aggravated, like no one, no touching. Like, right. I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to call it on plays that are close. I think they're just going to call it when a guy just fucking leans back right. soccer style and just <laughs> falls. Um, and, and it happens from time to time, but, and hopefully that does get rid of that. Cause that is a, a really terrible part of the game when, when that happens. Yeah, I think it's going to remove some of those more egregious, as you said, the like, you know, barely gets touched and and the head whips as if something violent has occurred on the floor um, that the man's uh, lunch money has been stolen. How I don't know. I just uh, that will clean up some of the stuff in game, uh, but I don't think it's going to have much of an impact because thankfully, I think as you get towards the end of games and especially the end of games in playoffs, Referees do a little bit better of a job of swallowing the whistle and letting the game play most times. So how often will we see this in moments that matter? Hopefully not much. I don't think very much, but it will get rid of some of the more irritating stuff in the interim and in the, in the meat of the game, the meat of the match, if you will. Uh, yeah, the, the challenge just makes, makes total sense. We don't need to really talk too much about that. Hopefully, you know, it just... It doesn't get better. I don't think Dylan Murphy won. I don't think our summer league team won a single challenge. I was definitely present for a couple of them that we lost. Like we cannot get the challenge right at all, man. We, I want to see the percentages. We've got to be among the league's worst. We have to be. He has some big huevos to do that in summer league, because if you don't get those right, how are we going to hand this guy back the uh, little telestrator and ask him to make those calls again? No especially now that you can get a second one. If you, I mean, it's like, ah, come on. Can we get a different guy in there? (laughs) Well, maybe that's what coach Mosley was thinking. And because he's such like a human first leader, he's like, I don't want to have, um, what's his name again? I forgot. Dylan. I don't want to have Dylan Dylan think that I'm demoting him. So what we'll do is we'll make him the head coach of the summer league team and we'll change his responsibilities when he returns so that he thinks he's getting a promotion, but we're really just trying to get him off of the replay. You see what I'm saying? Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, that. sure, that's fine with me. I mean, I'd also be fine with me if he was picking up towels and doing guys wash, too. I mean, if you don't want to completely fire him, I get it. But clearly, you know, most of us, if you can't perform at your job for a year, you're, you're lucky to get that year, right? Like you get like usually a month and if you're not good at it, you're out. Yeah. So poor yeah. Dylan, this yeah. is probably just the most public facing part of his job. He does other things that we're just unaware of. Yeah. And we I'm just sure ragging on him for this all in good fun. 
Um, oh man, this this one all talking about all in good fun. I don't know if it's all in good fun or if it's deadly serious. Uh, you pulled this one from the fan. This is Coach uh, Monty Williams, the new coach of the Detroit Pistons. Who, man, they they're they're assembling quite a crew over there in Detroit. I'm not looking forward to playing them this year. And Coach Monty Williams says, I've become a fan of Asar and Sass, right? Um, that's their new, that's their other rookie. What? Their toughness, we saw it down the stretch. Those two guys just made play after play and played winning basketball, which is something that makes me want to take them home and arrange a marriage with my daughters. Woo! <laughs> yes, we're going back to the 50s, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> arranging marriages over here that's hilarious tongue-in-cheek joke speaking very highly of his rookies man monty williams i think is going to be a good just i don't know much about him but based on this snippet i think he's going to be a great guy to coach that what is a very young team also in the detroit pistons clearly great sense of humor young guys you got to kind of have that you got to be able to laugh at yourself um, not take everyone thing too seriously because they're going to make mistakes. And if you get really critical of young guys continuing to make mistakes and you ride them too hard on those mistakes, there's the danger that they'll shut down and you won't help them to actually access their complete potential. Uh, obviously, you got to set boundaries, and I'm sure he will as a leader, but this shows me a little bit of an insight into who Monty Williams is. He's won – I think he won Coach of the Year with the Suns, so – it's well known that he is a tremendous, tremendous leader and coach. So, yeah, again, don't really want to see the Pistons, especially if Asar and Sass marry those daughters because then they're going to be really happy and it could be bad for us. Yeah, I, I think uh, Monty is a great fit in Detroit, and I think this was a great quote for several reasons. First of all, it lets people know, oh, Monty Williams is coach of Detroit. <laughs> oh, what do they got going on? Then it brings a little notoriety to Detroit all of a sudden. They're like, yeah, oh, they're doing right. things up there. And and it also says, hey, I trust these new guys, right? Mm -hmm. If he trusts these new guys this much, how much is he going to trust Cade Cunningham, who's now been in the league a couple of years? Like, this is this is good to do with a young team to show that you have that kind of faith. And it also shows the other guys on the team, oh, shoot, I got a shot at Monty's daughters too. <laughs> I mean, if I, if my game, if my game, if I play nice, Here's my reward. Like, it's not all about trying to get to that NBA championship for some guys. We've, we've definitely seen Jordan Poole bowl out a couple times when there's a, where's a, there's a nice shorty sitting, sitting courtside. So this is true. I mean, now the Pistons, they don't even have to leave the, the practice facility to potentially get uh, something they want to get at. I, we got to look up Monty's daughter. So we got to see who all the biggest yeah. prizes. <laughs> Hopefully they're of age. Otherwise, it's weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I've known nothing about Monty Williams' family. I don't know if I feel comfortable making those jokes, but yes, absolutely. Make if he doesn't leave. have daughters, this is hilarious, by the way. <laughs> if he doesn't have, that'd be amazing. <laughs> oh, man. Um, wow. Uh, good young team in the Pistons guys that are establishing themselves in the league on the magic side Peach, a guy who doesn't look like he's going to be able to establish himself in the league unfortunately is the Fino, uh, the Filipino wonder kid Kai Soto so I was yeah hi Philippines <laughs> welcome <laughs> Shout out to Filipino fans. This will probably be the last uh, video that you watch from this channel, and we bid you well wherever Kai Soto ends up. But, uh, you know, to Cortez uh, mentioning this, that 
Filipino fans are justifiably mad uh, in a lot of comments uh, and threads within the Magic community lately because the entire it felt like the entire crowd was chanting "We want Kai" at numerous times throughout the games. I also posted a video of people chanting in the arena. And I kind of wanted Kai too, because we were playing like shit. And he was the only narrative that I was interested in at that time when we were down by 25. I was like, hey, look, all these people are here. I, I can't imagine how many people did they come from the Philippines. There was so many Filipino people there, Peach. Like, people were really chanting. And to think that they may have come from the Philippines to see him play one game and then be injured just as I, I felt badly for them knowing how much they're invested in Kai's success. And I'm curious, you know, he didn't get any playing time. I'm wondering if the back injury, and I'm just giving a little door to you Filipino fans out there for a little door to hope. Maybe he had a nagging injury that was a little bit worse than we maybe knew. And therefore coaches were more reluctant to play him. Um, that, that's a theory that could just still open the door to him being good because when he did get in in the one game, it was definitely far from graceful. I think he came in and had like a turnover, missed a defensive rotation. It was just it was ugly. He got a little bit more settled. You saw some of what he could do, setting some screens, getting some rebounds, but it definitely didn't pop. Peach, I know you were riveted to the summer league content. How are you feeling about Kai right now? Summer League basketball, this is the third year in a row I've had to watch it because of this podcast. Otherwise, I don't care about the Summer League. And I'm right not to because it sucked this year. It was so bad to watch. I couldn't stand watching it. And part <laughs> of the reason I'm watching it, right, like a large part, obviously I want to see Anthony Black. I want to see Jed Howard a little bit. But I, a large part of me wanted to see Kai Soda. I'm like the Philippines. I wanted to see him out there. I'm curious. I want to see you. I've only seen a handful of highlights on YouTube. I can't judge anything from that. I need to see him in a game. And for the first three, was it three games? He yeah. doesn't even touch the court. And it's like, that is just unnecessary. It's a summer league. No one cares whether you win or lose. You're looking to test these players. So I'm hoping, I had not thought of this, but maybe your injury theory holds some water here. And maybe he wasn't ready to go in those games and we just don't know about it. I got to hope that's it. Because otherwise, just for the clicks, for the views, for the possible jersey sales, for all that stuff, for the Philippines, let's go. <laughs> I'm surprised you don't have a flag this show. I'm disappointed in you. I'm waving one virtually right now. You can add that in an editing. You won't. But I, I'm for this guy being on the team somewhere. There's no reason he can't take up a roster shot. I think we're going to mention Admiral Schofield later. Yeah. Do we need him as the two-way when we can take a shot on somebody that we could be better, especially with all that outside attention, money that he can bring to the squad? Look, I'm not, I'm not yeah. done. I'm not saying Kai Soto was done. But if he wasn't hurt and he didn't play in those first three games, with a little we saw, doesn't look good. Yeah, yeah, uh, agreed, agreed. I don't know. I don't have his full stats up, but it was single digits and everything. I mean, he just looked a little like a a step slow, um, out there. Like he didn't look like he knew where he needed to be all the time. Uh, looked a little confused and lost, but. Did bring some ring protection, man. He he got some pops out of the crowd. I think one mm -hmm. game he had like three or four blocks in his limited that one game that he played. So yeah, 
there's something I there. Think there's a lot of room for improvement here with him. Yeah. I think whatever wherever league he goes to play in, hopefully it's a very competitive one. Like you say, yeah. it did seem like a step behind, but he did sit for three games before he got right. a chance That's to get tough. in there. So sometimes then you're pressing because you're like, wow, now I even have even smaller, you know, portion of, of game to show people what I can do. So it puts a little extra pressure. I, I think he'll he can still develop into a good player, but you know, he's gonna fall outside of of our window of being able to be on our team and then he's probably going to go play for some other team and that's going to make me mad in four years <laughs> yeah we definitely could be eating these words if you're looking for a, a good kai soto game everyone in the comments thank you philippines fans uh when the suns played the adelaide 36ers in the preseason last year apparently that was a great game for him right. so that maybe can show what he could do let's go to the other off-season move that came into the conversation uh, was the signing of the second of our three available two-way contracts, signing Admiral Schofield. Uh, and as always, bringing some levity to the issue is our boy, Welt God, with this post. It's just a post of Admiral Schofield's ass from like mid-back down. And Welt God uh, tweets out or, or posts, didn't realize Schofield had a Kyle Lowry. He's rocking the dunk. And Admiral Schofield replies, bro, that's not okay. <laughs> uh, just always bringing some hilariousness to, you know, what for me is an underwhelming use of our, of our two-way. You know, I think we needed more big depth. Uh, we have to use that last two-way spot to sign a true power forward slash center. We need a big man. Mm -hmm. Now, Admiral plays the four a lot of times, and he's even played some really small ball five. But the man's six six. He is, he is an he plays way larger than his frame. He's definitely you know he's he's beefy, so he can move people. I'm sure that lower center of gravity. He 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 uh, bumps around down low. He kind of reminds me of like a Bruce Brown type. If if we're gonna have him in that four role, a guy who's very small but plays the what is traditionally the larger positions. But that's not really or or another six six guy who played power forward and was the round mound of rebound, which kind of fits with this post. Charles Barkley. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair, Peach. But you know, I'm just I'm a little confused. I wanted more power forward and center depth. Depth and Jeff Weltman would say, "Well, here you go, Admiral Schofield's a four, Kyle." And to that, I would say, "Is he really though? He seems more like a a wing." And I think we just drafted two guys that are like that. So where exactly is any pathway for Admiral Schofield to play at all? Um, and most two-way contract guys don't get a path to play. They are yeah. bench guys. They are in case of emergency. Um, we have so much depth and length that we can fill those two, three, four spots pretty easily. So if we put a little bit of a smaller guy out there in Schofield, but he plays like a big man, I'm for it. I think this is a move for <laughs> team. I think Schofield's been part of the team for a while. I think he's a bro. He goes yeah. by Uncle Schofield. I'm sure he's like one of the <laughs> locker room leaders in there. He feels like that to me. If there's okay. a scrap, you know Schofield's got your back. We need yes. some dogs like that, right? Like we need some guys that will get in dude shorts. Right now it's kind of Moritz and him and maybe Joe Engels this year. But you need guys like that on the team. And if we're not going to be making a big splash, then stay with what's familiar to keep the team consistency there. I'm fine with this. That's a damn good point, Peach. That's a damn good point. Admiral Profield right here. <laughs> the propagandist 
for Admiral. You need to get, yeah, Admiral, get your marketing people. Call up Peach because he's doing a hell of a job. Consistency is often overlooked, Peach, and I think it can be really vital when you're trying to build a cohesive team in any job, any anywhere there's a team in your work, in my work, it's much easier to build camaraderie and work towards a vision when mm -hmm. you have the same people who know the history of where it's come from and where it's going. So that's that's a valid that's a valid point, Pish. That's a valid point. But I do expect still that last spot to go to a true center or a larger power forward, a more rebound screen focus power forward look at my man's frame right there is this not big <laughs> enough for you <laughs> the dunk is fine okay the the <laughs> wide hips is nice all right that's great that helps low low center of gravity you can push people out of there with that dunk but i need i need a little bit more height all right yeah. so so you know girth is important but also length is important as well Pish. Mm -hmm. i've heard <laughs> oh sorry <laughs> i know <laughs> Uh, I want to go into the not context. Me, of other that. Guy, no. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, totally. Some dude at work was talking about lack of length and girth on his team as well. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, HR. No. Um, you know, I'm not ecstatic about the admiral signing, nonetheless. But nonetheless, but you kind of talked me into it. Consistency is key. Um, some of the other guys that we have on the team, not in two-way roles, that should be having a pathway to the court um, is Anthony Black in particular. So this is from at four missed free throws. Damn, what a, like, that is a hard, hard name to just, okay. Uh, so they say, man, I obviously want Anthony Black to be amazing, but all these people watching one summer league game against a bunch of guys that won't make an NBA roster that have already crowned him starter over Fultz next year are casual AF. Also, convenient to ignore the seven turnovers against G-Leaguers. So mm -hmm. this, this is your Anthony Black post. This is your Anthony Black moment to share your thoughts and ideas on Anthony Blackfish. This is your time. I mean, I liked a lot of what I saw ball handling-wise, and his court vision is very good. His spacing... Um, and I kind of almost hate when I hear other people say these terms, but when I watched him, I just could see the spacing. I felt like he could always kind of get to where he wanted to so that he's facing the right way or be able to get up an easy shot, which is good because I didn't see much I liked out of him in the shooting realm, um, which makes it tough to ever vision him as a shooting guard when you can't do the first thing. Um, hopefully he can just work on that. But yeah, I mean, how many times do we see guys go off in these G League games and then you never hear from them again? There's plenty of videos of piles of them on YouTube. So you can't, people use the summer league for whatever agenda they want to push. If they don't think a guy is good, then they'll point to his bad game and be like, ah, he's going to be junk. But if he's good, then they're like, see, he's good. And it's like, well, you can't just do that because it's a weird area. Quinnendary Weatherspoon or whatever, the guy we had on our team, he yeah. was scoring a ton of points. You think you're going to see him on an NBA roster opening day? No, I didn't hear anybody making the same claims about how well he played. Seven turnovers against the Drew Leaguers. I feel like young guys, they have those issues. You saw the same thing from Jalen Suggs when he first came in. He needed to slow the game down. That's stuff that he can work out as he goes forward. Um, this, again, still to me, doesn't look like a guy who should have been sixth overall, but he's raw, right? Like that's a, it's a, it's a raw steak. And if you season it right and cook it correctly, 
it could be juicy. So we'll see how it goes. Okay. Yeah. I, I know I you must it, have good thought, thoughts as you spent some time with the man at the airport. Right? So. <laughs> I did. I did actually run into Anthony Black as I was getting on my plane, but only for a brief moment. I was literally in line. He was at the next. Um, what would you say? Terminal. And I, I had been mm-hmm. sitting there for at my terminal for an hour and a half. Who knows how long we were like twenty five feet apart. But you know, he was as I'm getting on. I'm like seeing this like dude with kind of crazy hair i'm like all right that's a is that that's anything like holy fuck and he was you know being a 19 year old he had his headphones on he was playing a game or something it looked like he was playing a game on his phone so i just i went over i sat down next to him there was a seat opener just gave him a light tap on the shoulder he looked up and i pointed at my sweatshirt which was the orlando magic and he had a big smile on his face he's like yeah my man that's what i'm talking about something like that along those lines um didn't have time to talk to him though really or, or get any thoughts from him Cause I was getting right on my plane, so I just snapped mm. the pick, and then it was it was off. I think I said, um, "We're you know heading off to to Dallas or something, seeing family." He's like, "Yeah, you know, I, I wished him good luck. That we're rooting for him, and and then I was just on my way." Yeah, he's coming to Dallas to see your family. We're getting together later. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Um, no, that that was that was interesting. As interesting as it can be for. Uh, an adult man to meet a young man. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like you're you're definitely now at a point where you know this happened for me years ago, but like you yeah. get to the point now where everybody that's in the league is younger than you now, and it's right. like weird, right? Like, right. Like but, I, you know. I I appreciate these young men their play on the court, but in terms of like then asking them a question or being excited to be around them, it's like well not no not really no. <laughs> I don't, we're not going to be friends. You know, I don't, I don't have, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do in that situation, but, um, <laughs> I guess I could have pulled out the phone and said, Hey, want to do a quick interview for court cousins? Well, you but didn't really have time. You had to get on not, the plane. did not plan. have time. I was getting right. But on I the can't plane. believe that a man with hair like that would be that close to you and you wouldn't notice him for an hour and a half. No, so. I, well, I was knocked out, man. <laughs> it, it was late. I took a red eye. So we were, this is at like 1am. Uh, West Co- West Coast time, which was already crazy for me, but Anthony Black, let's talk about Anthony Black. The one thing, the other thing about being in his physical presence that maybe doesn't pop on the screen as much is he is all of the advertised six seven or whatever he's, and I think more. I mean, he's looking at Jet Howard, even DJ Wilson, who was our center, in the eyes, and maybe it's the the hair illusion. I'm not sure, but he looks as big if not bigger than jet just just under uh dj wilson who's listed at i think 610 so it's like mm-hmm. i don't know man I, I think he's he's bigger than the 67 that he was at advertised and that is something else i think he's still a teenager he's a growing boy yeah so I think exactly he could he could be growing as we speak right um, and maybe since they listed him at 67 he's grown three inches it's completely possible it is. And and to have now, if you add him really, he is an incredible ball handler for that size of human being. So mm-hmm. his court vision is unlike any anything else that you can have. I mean, with the handling that he has. Now, seven turnovers, he's got to clean that up. But some of those turnovers, if, if you go back and watch the game, were guys where they were supposed to be in certain spots. It was a miscommunication, you know, couple went off a guy's hand like 
maybe four of those are on him, you know, so there's still work there. But I think a lot of that also was a product of playing in on a team that you just assembled with guys who may not be on the same level as you, who are not on the same level as you. Let me not sugarcoat it. And yeah, so I didn't make that didn't pop too much when I was watching the games. What did pop is how crazy of a rebounder he is. Like offensive glass. I know you're going to love it. Offensive and defensive glass, but I think where a rebounder makes their money is on the offensive boards. He was there. And the idea of having him and Cole Anthony as a bat, as a rebounding backcourt, man, I'm I'm worried for Wendell, I'm worried for Moritz, I'm worried for these big guys, Goga. They're going to be pissed, man. They're not going to get their rebounding numbers. It's going to hurt them in contract years. So they may have to have a little, you know, sorting that out in the locker room saying, you know, little man, even though I just said Anthony Black is certainly not a little dude, stay out there, guards. Stay out there because this is where know, we need yeah. to eat. They already have that problem with Cole Anthony. But I don't think Goga is a numbers whore, so I think we're going to no. be fine on his, his – he's, he, he's good with what he gets. Uh, but one, one of the parts that I love that is underrated about this particular post is uh, that Maddie's world, who always is talking about the Orlando Magic, sharing pictures of the guys and such, has decided that, you know what? That's enough Magic talk on Twitter for a second. <laughs> Let me just ask. What's y'all's favorite Pop-Tart? And I just like that because most of my Twitter feed gets just crammed with Orlando Magic stuff to the point where sometimes I temporarily block people so I can see some different stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was delightful to see one of the Magic community talking about something else. And uh, it's it's highly debated. Uh, do you go s'mores? Do you go strawberry? Uh, blueberry? Cherry is kind of one of my faves. Uh, mm. But look, they're all frosted because if they're not frosted, you don't really have a place in our society. I don't know who those people are. <laughs> I know you haven't had a lot of pop tarts, and I think you had your first when I lived with you. So, yeah, do you have a? Do you, can you weigh in on the pop tart situation? I mean, yeah. I I feel like I I've never had it, but I feel like I'd be a blueberry guy. I I really yeah, I enjoy a good bloob. So I have some blueberries up here a moment ago. I feel like that's good. I think I've, I think the one I had from you was maybe a strawberry. Probably, I think that's yeah. what I had, and that was yummy. But I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to stay away from the diabetes, man. <laughs> The sugar comes on quick here around around the hips now, age 35, dog. I can't be, can't be messing with too many, uh, what is it, toasted it's not strudels, a Cinnabon, a Pop-Tart. It's a Pop-Tart. Sorry, sorry, Pop-Tart. <laughs> yeah. What's the sugar content on those suckers? I don't even want to know. Don't tell not, me. Nope. Okay. Don't tell me. Okay. <laughs> but you say crammed, Peach. What are you, you know, this, this is this casual conversation that I cannot have out of you, Peach. Crammed with magic content? You mean, you mean donned. You mean graciously adorned with magic content in your feed. Yeah. <laughs> Have yeah. you read magic Twitter? <laughs> I wouldn't use those words all the time. I mean, there are some that are very good, but. This is a conversation about Anthony Black, and there is a, there is a concern, Peach. I, I will say that oh, watching yeah. Anthony Black, I really enjoyed the skill set that I saw from him, but mm-hmm. there is a concern, particularly when playing with Markel Fultz. Like, I do not see a world right now in which he Markel Fultz and Anthony Black can be on the floor effectively at the same time. Sure, you can put them on the floor as much as you want, but in a ga- in a meaningful game, teams will they'll sag. They'll just sag into the paint. The paint will become congested. He attempted I, I think maybe two three three point shots every single game. And it's not only the lack of attempts, it's the lack of attempts when he was open. I mean, he, he had open looks, no one around him, and did not take the three. And I'd be lying if I told you that I wasn't concerned. I, 
that is a concern for me because I love what Markel Fultz brings to the table so much. And I think Anthony Black can maybe get there. And it makes me a little worried. Is is the long-term plan – like, if they can't – if either Markel or he can't figure out how to become a 35% shooter, which the path doesn't look uh, ideal right now. I'm not optimistic about that path necessarily. Um, if they can't become 35% plus shooters and you can't really have them both on this court at the same time, it has me worried. What's the plan then? Is the plan that this is Markel's replacement? Like, it just doesn't – it doesn't all the way. It make it make sense to me. Magic community, second cousins, make it make sense. Peach, can you help me? Yeah, uh, like I said uh, somewhere else when we were talking recently, it's never a problem to have if you're a workplace and you have yeah. too many good workers. It's not really a bad thing. Uh, <sighs> so I'm cool with this because this says this says to me it puts a little pressure on Markel, but yeah. it, it, it's not a bad pressure. It's a hey, look, you're starting, you're the guy. But mm-hmm. if you don't do good, here's what we've got as a backup in the next couple of years. And it also says to Anthony Black that, like, hey, if you play well enough, we'll move you in front of him. But you've got to play well enough in the minutes that we give you. And you've yeah. got to develop. So I don't think this is a big deal because this is, you know, Fultz, we love him. We know he's kind of proven and he's on the way up. But he does need to take that step to borderline all-star next year in order to really get us over the hump, I feel. Yeah. Um, and, and so like, if he can't do that in the next year or two, look, we already have a guy that would, could be a suitable replacement. And by then, hopefully he's brought his numbers up, at least in this kill spot zones yeah. um, where I'm comfortable with Fultz shooting, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm, I'm not confused by this at all. I mean, it, it was a little confusing of a pick if you're looking for right. uh position and what we needed, but they're looking to build the best team and have the best players, right? You can never have too many of those. I don't think. So I'm not confused or worried about anything at all. And just let it go. Let them go play it out, man. Let's see who, who does better and who gets more minutes. Yeah. I don't think I'll see him on the floor at the same time. That's okay. I don't need him on the floor at the same time. Right. No, that you bring up the, the points you bring up about competition. Those are great. The level of competition within the team is definitely going to be elevated this year. Excited to see that. Um, and, and the point about, you know, Hey, I'm pumped to have Anthony Black as the backup point guard when Fultz comes out. Like that that's exciting to me. I think that second unit is greatly elevated now with the presence of Anthony Black. I'm pumped to see the year that Cole has being able to play off ball more cuz he showed some real adeptness to be able to do that and either Gary Harris or Jalen Suggs, whoever all else is probably playing in that second unit there as the third guard/wing. <laughs> It's Cole Anthony Black, or I don't want it. That's a, that's that second unit. I think it's going to be dominant. <laughs> Cole Anthony Black. Yeah, I I that's definitely. I, I'm excited to see that pairing. Um, but yeah, I, I it makes me question the pick a little bit more. And something that Anthony from Orlando Magic HQ has mentioned quite a bit since the draft, talking about how this doesn't feel like it was meant to be our pick. You know, we didn't go into that night saying Anthony Black is going to be the guy that we hope we got, putting himself in the in the front office's shoes. And I definitely see that even more watching them play because you don't draft the guy number six overall and then not have a very easy and clear path to starting. 
And right now, Anthony Black's path is, I mean, yeah, you said it's clear. You got to be better than Markel Fultz, but you got to be better than fucking Markel Fultz, man. Like, that's not a direct runway for a number six overall pick. It makes me question who was the guy that was circled. Did you think Asar was going to be the guy and he would be more of the, the, the huge two that could challenge Jalen Suggs? That's maybe a little bit more eye to eye, something like that. I don't know. And it's just... Uh, for me, seeing how well Jarris Walker played in the summer league, and we all knew he was going to be that, like a, a power forward, playmaker, Draymond Greeny. I mean, a sit, beautiful dimes, getting boards, had some Guy scoring. Set a pick. Yeah, tough, big dude, physical. Like a little undersized of the power forward. I made a point earlier about Admiral Schofield, so I'm not going to act like he's the ideal setup, all right? But – wouldn't we rather have that would be a better fit for our roster? You could see more minutes for Jarris Walker in the near future than Anthony Black. So it seems to me like they blew up the board and they're like best player available now because our guy wasn't there, whoever it might have been, and we're going with Anthony Black. So that's just uh, so an I interesting saw, idea. I saw somebody write something on Twitter that that led us led me to believe that maybe they selected Anthony Black to trade to somebody else, but then that trade blew up. Um which I, I hadn't really given much thought until you're saying this now where you're saying, suggesting it didn't look like he was the pick or whatever like that. I, I do think maybe they wanted us are, but again, I, I think this might be the best player left on the board Yes. down. You know, it'll take a few years to figure all that stuff out. Yeah. But it, it's it, as it is with most of these players, it's up to them now, you know, like, you you got to get in there and prove what you're doing. And I, I think that competition on the team is going to be good. That's part of the reason that Bull Bull is not part of this team anymore. Because if you want minutes on this team, you got to earn it. And he didn't earn them when he got them. So he lost them all. And it's going <laughs> to be like that this season. But I have faith that most of the guys on this roster are going to fight for him. Yeah. So the guy's not playing. They gave it their all. And it still wasn't enough. And that's good. That's what I need. Yeah, you just brought up Bull, Pish. You know, he mm -hmm. had he had some opportunities. And what the front office saw, what the coaching staff saw, hey, this guy is not the right fit or he's just not talented enough to crack this lineup, so we got to do right by him and we'll waive him. He was, of course, picked up by the Suns and bucket spot. I, I, Sorry. We, 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 did, we, we did with Bowl, which you, which you would normally do on a regular weekend. We smoked him. We said, see, get out of here. No, I'm doing that every day of the week right now, Peach. It's summer, Kyle, <laughs> teacher mode. And Bucket Spot, after the Suns picked up Bull, said, this will be the best starting five in NBA history, the new-look Suns. DeAndre Ayton. Okay, I'm just going to start again. DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> Kevin Durant. Devin Booker. Bradley Beal. Not bad. Bull Bull as the fifth. Agree or disagree? They have a head-exploding emoji. My head's exploding, I think, for a different reason. Yeah, I mean, this is another case of we 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 laughed about how everyone you know around that doesn't really follow teams thought Bull Bull was part of our young core, and now they've adorned him as part of the best starting lineup in NBA history on the Suns. When <laughs> you know, look, I'll just take one player, Landry Shamit is better than ball ball and he's on their team and he could be in that lineup. So I don't know what this is other than a, a person who puts together highlights. If you, if you are part of the front office and you're part of the marketing team for the Suns, 
whoo, you're you're like, oh, we're gonna have a big year on Instagram, man. We're gonna make tons of shorts and TikToks. We got a lot of highlight making guys on this team, but Bobol is probably not gonna be in their starting lineup. So this is just a weird post. Yeah, definitely weird. Uh, it's just I can't even really comment. My head has exploded. It is. <laughs> it's it's the highlight NBA fan, which is. I think of a large majority of NBA fans. I think that's why the NBA game has become so popular. It's so clippable um, and it's so exciting in clippable moments. The, the teams are smaller. The players are more recognizable um, and seeing them do crazy things on the court. And bowl is kind of a fashionista as well. You know, there's those worlds combining plus the celebrity of his father it's it all kind of combines into making bowl a larger celebrity than the player he actually is right now right now right it's a it's a great point because i know like with baseball i'm kind of a little bit of that and i see a lot of highlights and stuff like that and for years i see all these highlights mike trout is the best player in the game shohei otani oh my god they have anthony rendon who was you know an mvp for the for the nationals when they won the world series but the angels suck yeah. Every time I look- Yeah, they haven't made the playoffs in years, right? <laughs> Why do they suck so bad? I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably the conclusion of most just you know, casual NBA fans that are like, Man, why do the magic suck so bad? They have bowl bowl. <laughs> right. And little do they know that we don't actually suck. We just had Markel Fultz who banged his toe. And um, Bull Bull's not actually good right now. Mm-hmm. I don't want to take anything away from the young man. He's got time to develop. It was kind of like uh, he's had a truncated career. Wish him all the best, but he's definitely not a part of the top five best lineups of all time uh, in history. For his sake, I would have liked to see him land on a team that could even start him, honestly. Right. Like, just kind of a terrible team that, like, just needs to put some asses in the seats, sell some tickets, mm-hmm. and give him some time playing out there. Let him play some starter minutes for a while and see if he can hit that next level. Give him that last chance effort. With yeah. the Suns, I don't know how much he's going to play. So, well, that's the problem. It's kind of a it's a little bit of a double edged sword here. So, the downside is what you just talked about. I don't see your path to him playing on the Suns, but the other side of it is you're playing with probably the player that he would idolize his play style after most, which is Kevin Durant, a huge, nearly seven foot player who you would think should be a a post player because he's seven feet tall, but he is a prolific scorer from the mid range and the arc. And that's maybe what bowl is thinking or is him and his agent are thinking, Hey, go watch Durant. He's the best at what you want to do. Yeah. Can practicing with him for a year, make elevate you to the point where you are now a more valuable asset as a wing player in the, in the league. We'll see. Yeah. I don't know if KD is the kind of unselfish player that would help him develop right. or not, but he'd be smart to, because Holy crap, not only would that be great for Kevin Durant's legacy, but it'd be great for the Suns in this current, current standpoint to yeah. have another player they could count on. Okay. That was a monster piece. That was quite the social media roundup. Thank you everyone for your interesting, insightful, or just downright, Funny post. If you'd like to end up on the social media roundup, add us, court underscore cousins, and maybe your post will end up on the show. Thank you. It's probably been long enough. We can dive a little bit deeper into the uh, Las Vegas experience. Um, this is going to be my my chance to be – I'm, I'm going to be the interviewer. I'm going to be the interviewee now. I'm kind of like 
this is my little taste of being in the NBA, Peach. You're you're kind of like the journalist. You're gonna go. We're gonna go through a little Q and A here. I have no idea the questions gonna that Peach is gonna ask. I want it to be kind of informal because I'm kind of yeah. just like, you know, you came back from the summer league. It's a big trip. I saw a couple of pictures. You obviously showed me a couple things. Yeah, we we chatted a little bit while you were there, but I have not gotten the full scope, and we've already done half a show. So <laughs> I, I have I have questions. You went and did this big thing, and then there's things that need to be discussed. Okay. Um, first of all, you you talked about meeting AB at the airport, which I was going to end with because I was trying to go chronologically here, but okay. you got a chance to get face to face with the man, Coach Mosley. Yes. Um, just tell us a little bit about that. How that come about? That was probably the highlight of the trip. Um, I was just sitting myself in proximity to the bench with the hope of being able to grab the ear of coach Mosley at some point and, and talk to him. And that's pretty much just what happened. I waited till after the game. Cause I, he was involved. He was, he was coaching. I, I posted a picture of him coaching up Caleb who wasn't playing that game. He was talking to guys talking with Jalen Suggs who was sitting next to him during the game. After the game's over, I, I, you know, said, Hey coach Mosley, Mr. Mosley. He looked up, you know, gave me a wave. And I said, can I borrow a second of your time? Could I, I think I said, could I get your ear for a moment? And he mm -hmm. was very kind to come over and have a quick conversation with me. Um, what I was curious, I didn't really ask him necessarily about the magic. I was curious about his leadership style and philosophy and uh, being able to apply that to my position at school. So it was really more from like a leader perspective asking him about how he uh, sets a vision for his team, you know, thinking of all the assistant coaches that he, ha he has under underneath his care, and then the players as well in terms of, I'm like, how do you set goals? How do you provide feedback and stay consistent and on path with your goals and vision as you, you know, work through the lead leading this organization, which is kind of like an organization within an organization, his staff and players. Um, sure. And it was, you know, you, he, gave, he gave me exactly what, not exactly what I thought, but looking at him from afar, just a very humanist perspective. He led with, you know, it's the person first, Kyle. So he didn't call me by name. He didn't really remember my name, I don't think, at that point. But I'm acting like he did to make it seem like we're closer <laughs> friends than we actually are. Kyle, he's a good friend. Can I can I call you Kyle a good friend? We're, we're besties now, yeah? I said, yeah, coach, we're besties, of course. You can call me Kyle. Um, he said, all right, K dog, um, what I do, you know, you got to think about the human, the human first, you know, really putting people in positions to succeed by giving the skill, them the skills and the runway to it that they need, and then allowing them to utilize that skill. So that rang true with me in terms of what I'm thinking about within leadership sense. And then, you know, he, he said, you know, reach out to me. If you have any other questions, I'd be happy to be a little soundboard. So I don't know how much I want to, I'm, I'm going to reach out to him and see what happens. I'm going to try to keep that private if it actually does continue to happen. Cause it's not actually like a base, a basketball facing thing, which is why, why I was picking his brain. It'd be more of a stuff for my professional life, my school life. Cause that's really what I was, I'm curious about, man. I'm, I'm curious about his leadership and his philosophy. So he gave me a little insight. I'm going to try to email him some questions when I have some. We'll see how it goes. I don't know. So you kind of used your time with Coach Mosley to like get extra credit for class. Like you were in class mode, <laughs> learn a lot of stuff, and you're like, how can I apply this?
access to meeting culture now, which is probably good because you don't want to seem like any other regular fanboy. So I'm yeah. sure he doesn't get asked questions like that very often. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I actually was sitting right in front of a reporter for the 905, the G League uh, Toronto Raptors team, and she is going to probably be coming on, Peach. She's also Irish and French-Canadian. She has an irreverent sense of humor. We said we could be related, you know, because she's from Toronto, <laughs> so she's, you know, she's from north of the border. She could be a third, a, another second cousin, or, or definitely a second cousin, could be a cousin, so... She's probably going to come on the show at some point and, and bring her expertise. But that was a comment she made. She she complimented the question, thinking that, you know, that's probably not something he gets asked a lot, which I appreciated it, but that's really genuinely what I'm curious about. Yeah, I think most of the time when people are approached, you'll hear them, if it's a, an irreverent question they haven't been asked before, it kind of sticks with them more. So this yeah. is good because you've made now, – now at some point when you start to get into the mode of hitting – to the point where you're going to eventually become a GM of a team, huh. you'll already have this relationship with Mosley. So whenever he, you know, moves out to Seattle to coach Paulo out there, 10, 15 oh, years down no. the road, when you're looking to be the GM of the <laughs> Seattle team. <laughs> you'll be like, uh, Oh yeah, I know this guy. We talked about leadership. He's a good guy. <laughs> wow. Magic fans would burn my ginger face and effigy peach. Well, There's no way. We've already won a title here, man. This is just, oh, okay. All right. This is the tail end of the career. So this it'd is the be... Patrick Ewing on the Magic years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so while you were out there, aside from, so what? You, what was the most interesting thing you took away from class? Like, what? What is the mm. thing you took away in there that you like think you're going to use the most? Um, I think the the most that I took away was probably from R.C. Buford, the general manager of the San Antonio Spurs, and the architect of those awesome Spurs, the Spurs dynasty, essentially, who's been there just like Pop for decades now at this point. And so, again, hearing him about his leadership philosophy and how important having clear vision and goals were, and not only organizationally, but also on the basketball court. And so I think that was probably the most interesting thing to me, although some of the cap stuff, I really started to better understand exceptions and what they all are and how they're used. And that stuff is starting to make a little bit more sense to me. So to be continued, um, working on writing some articles maybe uh, that go in depth on the Orlando Magic and their cap situation. So so look out for those. And I'll be sharing stuff Ooh. on the pod, but I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want Peach falling asleep anymore, second cousin. So <laughs> I got to do it in dribs and drabs. Oh, well, what you got to do is you got to find a way to make that digestible, much like you did right. with the very first thing from the uh, social media roundup earlier. You yeah. took something that did make me go to sleep and you said, OK, that's us betting on us to be better than the Suns. And I'm like, hmm, that makes sense to me. That makes yeah. sense to the average fan that says, OK, that's what this move's about. And that can be an empowering decision to make because it's telling your team look i have this confidence in you and also hey i'm taking this risk <laughs> so it, it did humanize something that otherwise didn't make sense so i'm hoping that you can continue to do that with things like that as they come up all right let's get to just vegas itself it, it's a weird town it's a, it's, yeah. it's an interesting town i've never been I, what, wow what's the, what what is the coolest thing you've seen um okay so coolest thing other than like a player other than like a meeting a player and non-basketball non-basketball stuff i mean hmm what was going on i i love seeing 
I love going to like the entertainment. I went to a couple Cirque du Soleil shows. I went to the Beatles love show. I wept a couple times, bro. I've wept a couple times. One when it was hold my hand because I was thinking about Nadra and you know all the engagement stuff that's swollen in my head that really filled my heart. And then another one just thinking about my parents. That was probably the most beautiful thing I've seen. I really just it resonated with me because growing up with the Beatles in the home. So those shows are unbelievable i love going to vegas because they're constantly running there um is there anything odder that i weird that i saw how dope um, was the sphere come on oh that was cool that was definitely that was pretty cool i only saw it from afar i didn't go inside it but i guess there it's going to be a venue i'm not sure if it's up and running yeah, it's but, not it's not open yet but yeah. they've been putting stuff on the outside of it like you know they made it a basketball and i've seen a lot of different things now the thing looks unreal i'm glad i haven't been to vegas yet so that that can be part of that experience because yeah. that thing is cool we need to get uh, you what, we need to get you get on the patreon so we can send peach to sbc next year we got to get you oh there my god if you send me to summer league i'm not going to watch any of the basketball i'm just gonna be <laughs> gambling all day did you gamble at all while you were there like, i, asked about I did not not, not once. once not once you didn't have one quarter to throw in and pull an arm nothing <laughs> You slap Las Vegas in the face with this. That's unbelievable. <laughs> Disrespect. But I know you probably had a good meal somewhere. Me, oh, I would yeah. have taken down the, the $5 buffet, and I yeah. would have taken them for all they had. But you went to a fancier place. What was the best place you had a meal? That's Well, that was why I didn't have any money to go, because I went out with um, the writer from – the Raptors, we, she wanted to go to the Martha Stewart restaurant. So we went to that. Oh. And because we split the bill, I used my cash to split thinking, oh, I'll get some money tomorrow to gamble. The ATM fees were ten dollars, Peach. I'm not. I'm not Ooh. trying. I, I was gonna get. I was gonna take out like a hundred bucks and let a hundred bucks rock. I was actually thinking of yes. you. I was like, I cannot. Fine. I cannot not gamble here. Peach will not let me hear the end of it. I go over to the ATM. I'm gonna take out a hundred. Ten dollar yep. fee. No way. I'm not 10% to get $100. Now, maybe if I was taking out two Gs, but your boy is not balling like that. that. So All right. it I just mean, didn't, I, I get that. I ran out of cash. You, you don't have me to answer to. Right yeah. now, they're already writing in the comments how disappointed they are that you didn't go in and bail. Anything. <laughs> there's good. There's perfectly good starving kids in Africa that can't afford to go to Las Vegas, and you should have bet for them. I don't think that's how that works, but yeah, <laughs> something like that. Uh, uh, that. Yeah, that that's that's the bulk of, of my questions. I, yeah. Doesn't you and I would have different Las Vegas experiences if we went? Yeah. But I, I would probably go to a show or two. Probably more likely a comedy, or I'd have to get a magician in there. I think I need to yeah. see some, some good sleight of hand and some. Mm -hmm. I, I yeah, did I ask uh, a nice young lady who was in the entertainment for MGM what she would prefer, the the David Copperfield or the Cirque du Soleil show? And she said the Cirque show. So I saw two Cirque du Soleil shows, and I ate the best meal I had probably was at Nobu, the sushi restaurant. Oh, okay. Freaking amazing. Freaking amazing. I had another really good – I just had wonderful food, and it was fantastic. I was thinking of you, though, because we got $15 meal vouchers to use in the arena. Ooh. And I was like, no, I cannot eat any more arena food. And I knew, Peach, you would have been so pumped. You would have been eating those little personal pan pizzas with that $15 voucher. You would have been going ham. Oh, he's gone. But I was able to use those $15 uh, vouchers on beer, I found out. So Zombie okay. Kyle did kind of make an appearance one night. Um, All right. 
yeah, the same day I got to talk to Coach Mosley, I was like, I need to celebrate. As I yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, at least yeah. you did a little imbibing, but yeah, yeah it's yeah. definitely not the typical Vegas experience, but I mean, I get it. You're there for that. I've been to some conferences and conventions too, where like you want to tie it on at night, but eh, I got to get up at eight o'clock for a class tomorrow. So I, you know, I got to be presentable. Right. Um, so I kind of get that, but man, you, you didn't let it all hang out, but you, 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 you at least looked out the window. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely missed you there, man. I think, I ha in the video vlog that I put at the beginning of this conversation, there would have been a lot more had I had a partner in crime there, but f going solo, I'm kind of just, you know, wandering around and, and taking in the sights by myself. You and I together, we create some chaos that needs to be captured on camera. Uh, alone, it's kind of just like me kind of moving around. So we, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. that's another reason I need to get you out there because I need my partner in crime out there in these, uh, in these environments so that we can truly have a court cousins experience. Fair enough. Yeah. I think if we had the mics and we're walking around, it's a little easier to take video of somebody doing something versus right. just random video. So yeah. I kind of get that, but I, I've gone on so many trips by myself. I kind of always prepare to like, to do some of that stuff but you know that's that's part of the experiences man like we would mm -hmm. we, we did orlando together and that was kind of a mix of, <laughs> yeah. of what we would normally do instead of just you know all what you would do or all what i would do which is just makes it a different experience so yeah i would think i would think if you went again and, and we, we could do it upright we could we could do more show stuff it'd be, it'd be fun so yeah. potentially down the road i mean that's unless you got anything else that i didn't ask about that you feel like needs no. is there anything i didn't touch on that you feel like you got to share that was i mean was a cool i moment? heard jerry west took like an hour and a half to talk to us and shared a lot about his personal journey and where he came from which i had no idea his you know relationship with his parents and how that shaped him as a man and it was moving it was just completely that was another time that i cried on this trip to hear this man who is He's the logo. He's the freaking logo. And he's up there yeah, he's logo man. opening up his soul and crying himself, you know, talking about his relationship with his father. And you're just like, fuck, man, I can't. This is unbelievable. You would never hear it. I'm not I'm not sharing too much right now because I just out of respect for them because it was a vulnerable space. And he you know, they didn't want people videotaping it or putting it out there or anything. So but man, yeah. it it was I mean, you don't see that shattering. I'm sure in the brochure for this, you didn't see like no. Jerry West is going to make you cry. Yeah. I mean, it's not, this is not something you think is going to happen in, in your lifetime, let alone even as part of this class. So that, that's right. definitely a cool moment that I'm glad you shared because yeah. that's not something I would have even thought to ask about. Like, uh, which uh, NBA legend made you cry on this trip? <laughs> yeah. And, and then the networking opportunities were, were really cool. It, you get to meet, you know, there were all types of writers that I was – sitting next to Mike Schmitz, who, you know, from ESPN, uh, Sam Vecini, who I talked to a little while, you got like those types of guys just kind of hanging out, uh, NBA reporters. I was sitting two rows behind Mitch Kupchak right as I was about to talk shit about the Charlotte Hornets. So I was glad when my buddy said, Hey bro, he's right there. Um, but those oh, are the types of things later. that happen. Yeah. Those are the type of things that happen there. And if you are a wonk like me, it's a it's a once in a lifetime type of experience. The biggest network though are the other people that were doing it. I would say I was a little bit on the older side, um, just on the older side. There were definitely people that were older than I, but um, that network is the coolest network. Those kids, I mean, there's some kids like right out of college that are sharp as hell that 
I intend to keep up with, and they're definitely going to be in a front office at some point. They're just too driven and too smart of individuals. Shout out to my boy Rob, who I just got off a call. He's helping me with some CBA stuff. Um, these types of kids, they're it's their life right now. Like they're really into it, and it's it's cool to see. I was a step, you know, away from that. I didn't have that same intensity, but um, that was really inspiring to see how this kind of next generation of Ba- basketball business people coming through. Hmm. It's kind of cool. Kind of cool in that respect. Yeah, I was going to say, there's probably a lot of other people that are going there because this is going to be, this is for like their full-time job. This is the Potentially. career path they're going at. And you're like, oh, I got a little podcast and I'm just curious about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Another person that was there that was cool um, was this guy, Toko. He's from Georgia. He's going to be playing with Goga. He's like, Goga's my boy. He's on the uh, Georgian team. He is the head of the uh, European Players uh, Union, and he was there. And so I got some time to interact. He was another student. So those are the like caliber of student, too, that you see. You see these guys that are all-time UNC greats uh, now entering the business side. You see guys that are still playing um, in the league. So it was, it was cool. It, it was definitely a cool experience. Highly recommend. All right, we're already a little ways into the show now, over an hour and a half piece. We're going into fill in the blank. It's that time where we do exactly what it says. We fill in the blank. And shout out to our patrons who came up with many, I think all of these fill in the blanks for us. So, Pish, are you ready? Is your quill sharpened? Does it have ink? Are you ready to go, sir? Oh, there it is. I'm using the, mo- I'm using the modern ballpoint version. Okay. Uh, but uh, I'm ready to virtually dip it in the ink uh and and the first one is the best thing we saw from rookies over summer league was i'm gonna let you go first on this one because you were actually there what is yeah. the best thing you saw i did i did go a little bit hard on anthony black because i am worried about fit but it is just a concern about fit uh but the best thing that i saw out of our rookies over summer league was jet howard's shooting uh the man is not afraid to shoot and as a Magic fan who desperately wanted to see some guys with that upside on their shooting side, Jet Howard can be that guy. He's going to bring a little bit on the playmaking side, and I liked what I saw from him out of the defense. So for me, Peach, Jet Howard's shooting was a nice breath of fresh air to see a guy walking it up and just pulling it. Like I like to see a guy who's not afraid to shoot. That's what we needed, and we got that guy in Jet Howard. So whew, that was nice. What about you, Peach? Uh, I'd be lying if I said I didn't echo your sentiment. It's, it's, it's Jet. He's the one that we weren't sure if they should be taking him at 11. He's the one that had a lot to prove. There were some guys that played very well that were drafted after him, so he knew I've got to step up what I do. Was he perfect out there? Nope. He's definitely showed some rookie stuff, but I do like that he has the ability to shoot and isn't afraid to chuck it. So, of, I mean, I, I love the spacing from Anthony Black a lot, but... I was more impressed with the fact that Jet Howard's here to shoot and yeah. he'll fire. So, yeah. Okay. Next one, sir. Starting shooting guard on opening day will be blank. Sending that one your way, Peach, to start. Jalen MF Suggs. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> I got to agree 100%, man. Um, a little insight from someone that was at summer league that maybe others didn't pick up on the team was there, which was great. We didn't talk about that in social media roundup because we had so much. It felt like we had more players than any other team that I saw represented 
Um, and maybe all the other teams were there, but they didn't come out to the games like our guys mm -hmm. did, at least the first few games. After that, I think most guys left um, and were allowed to leave. But you know who was still there? Jalen Suggs. And he was sitting right next to Jamal Mosley for like two additional games than I saw anyone else there. It shows mm -hmm. me how much of a sponge he is. And you know who also was there, who I didn't get a chance to say hello to, sitting right b behind me, um, not right behind me, what's I said something, were his parents. All right, so the family is there. I mean, this guy's got the support network. He's hungry. He's doing the work, it appears. He's being a sponge, which is all I could want from what is Jalen's first healthy offseason, right? This is his first completely healthy offseason. Um, mm -hmm. So love to see that. It's going to be Jalen Suggs. Book it. Couldn't agree more. Uh, I love what he's going to be able to bring to the team this year. I've heard a lot of things about him making yet another step, seeing him play in some of the pro-ams. I, I just think it's it's his spot definitely opening day, and it's his spot to lose uh, at this point. He's uh, he's going to show you something. He's ready. Now, Pish, I just said book it, but uh, devil's advocate. <laughs> what has Gary Harris done exactly to lose the starting spot? Because – Yes, Gary, you know, he's a great defender. I think he's a little bit more of a uh, positional defender. He plays passing lanes so well, whereas I see Jalen Suggs as more of that on-ball, tenacious guy. Um, so they're both bringing elite defense in slightly different ways. And Gary Harris, you, you got to say, is a better shooter. Jalen brings a little bit more off the dribble, uh, a little bit more creation, but Maybe you want that with this with the second squad, you know. Maybe you want a little bit more offensive upside in Jalen Suggs coming off the bench because really on that starting unit around Paulo and Franz who and, and Markel, you want a guy who is a knockdown three point shooter. If we have a guy like that on the roster, his name's Gary Harris. So mm -hmm. that's just a little bit of devil's advocate as to why maybe we still see Gary in the starting lineup, but definitely getting less minutes than Jalen Suggs. This guy, it's been edited out, but this guy a few minutes ago said, let's do fill in the blank first because this is already a long show. And then he comes with this devil's advocate take after we do a nice, quick, tight Jalen Suggs book it. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I can't, Pish. I needed to say it. I needed to say it just to get the nuance in there and also to make a good segment that I can clip on a YouTube. Let us know in the comments. What do you think? Starting, <laughs> starting guard. Starting shooting guard. Who is it going to be? <laughs> okay, this was an interesting question that I did not research like I thought I was going to be, so I'm going to be going completely off the top and asking you to go first while I gather my thoughts. Uh -huh. A lot has been made about us getting Siakam. This is nonsense, folks. We hate this idea. We say poo-poo oh, to you, okay? We don't want that. However, one of our patrons came up with an interesting question. If there were no, no salary cap and any player in the NBA was in available – the one final piece we would add to this team would be blank. I'm going to film my blank by pointing back here at this man. That's uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, uh, not only do I already not only do I already like him, I think he is a character that would mix in well with our guys. He would have the experience and the drive from winning a championship and wanting to win another one. Um, he's a beast. He can play the five or a stretch four. He kind of fits in a spot that we need. This guy's arguably one of the best players in the NBA. <laughs> if we're if 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 we're just going ahead with those parameters, I want one of the best players in the NBA. It would be him or Jokic for me. Okay, yeah, I guess that Jokic is probably the guy. 
Um, I'm looking at this either we need – I'm sorry, Wendell. I'm sorry, Markel. But I just love Paulo and Franz that much. If I'm going to bring in a player, it's going to be either a guard. I was going to say Tyrese Halliburton because he fits the timeline of the team too. So I'm not just thinking about this season. I'm thinking about moving forward too and how nicely a 40% – he's right around a 40% three-point shooter, I believe, and such a great facilitator. I love Markel Fultz. There's been no bigger Markel stan. But the argument is valid of can you win the NBA championship with a point guard or a guard tandem or a guard period who cannot really draw offenses or defenses out to that three-point line in a meaningful way. And Tyrese Halliburton can, and he can still facilitate extremely well. So if I were to do it, I would say a player like that. Or, yeah, let's go with Jokic, a center yeah. who elevates maybe a little bit what Wendell can do. I'm also thinking a guy like Joel Embiid who's a little bit more ferocious around the cup who people are not – you know, you know, Wendell is a great positional defender. He's fantastic in that respect. He's always in the right place and great with his uh, using his body. But he's not necessarily a rim protector. And so if we could have everything that he does plus add that aspect to the game, um, that would be interesting too. But I'll go with Tyrese. I questioned the Halliburton, but then I remembered the very first thing says, if there was no salary cap. So right. we're good. <laughs> yeah, we can absorb <laughs> in this hypothetical his quarter billion dollars. If I was salary. going guard, I'd go with De'Aaron Fox myself. That I was thinking about that one. I was going to say De'Aaron Fox before Tyrese popped into my head. Tyrese just seems more a better facil- slightly better facilitator than me for me I like than our De'Aaron. hypothetical squad, though. Yeah, We've yeah. Well. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, last one, last fill in the blank. Blank mm. is the best magic ball handler of all time. So we're looking for someone who is adept with the handles, best all time. Mm-hmm. And and we didn't have any stipulations on this one. I think this was Andy. There was no you know certain amount of time that this person needs to have played for the magic. So it's completely wide open. They could have just had a cup of coffee like my number one answer. Which is, look into my eyes, white chocolate, baby. Jason Williams. Jason Williams. He's going to do it. He barely had, I mean, I think, I don't even know if he played a total of one season of games with us. I think he was with us for two seasons, but only part of each of those seasons. Uh, So maybe that doesn't necessarily apply, but come on, man. That guy's handles were legendary. If I'm going to go with a B, Rafer Alston, skip to my Lou. I mean, playground legend. Let, let's go. Mm-hmm. It d- doesn't get better than those two ball handlers for me. Peach, what's yeah, say you? Yeah, I got it. I my the first people that popped into my head were Ray for Alston and Daryl Armstrong because Ooh. I kind of want to go with a guy that's off the beaten path. Mm. But I gotta say, honestly, when I really honestly think about it, the best Magic ball handler was probably Penny Hardaway. In his prime, he was compared to Magic Johnson with the way he could wheel and deal. You've seen him do that little dribble move. You've seen the highlights of that stuff. Yeah. He could move in a way that people just couldn't handle. Yeah. I mean, they were labeling this guy to be the next Air Jordan with his own shoe and all this stuff. I mean, there's a reason for that. This guy was different. So I know it it's, seems like uh, it's just popular, easy answer to go with Penny Hardaway. But honestly, I think he's the best Magic Bell ball handler of all time. Legally. If you're going illegally, then Ray for Austin's probably it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what some folks are hoping, uh, getting that big guard. You know, Penny was a big guard like Magic Johnson. Sounds like someone else we just drafted. No pressure, Anthony. No pressure. No pressure, <laughs> AB. <laughs> All right, how do we do? Who do you think is the best uh, guard ball handler that the Magic have had 
in our short but illustrious franchise history. Sam Vincent, Scott Skiles, let's go. Oh, Skiles. How can we not bring up Skiles? He has the most the assist record, Peach. That seems like negligence on our part. Well, he's a great passer, but I don't know if he had the best handles. Oh, true, true, true. We're going. He wasn't blowing by guys. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> he had to use tact, tact yeah. and strategy. <laughs> uh, don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. We're going right into the large ending in just a moment. But before we do, another shout out to all of our all stars and second cousins on the Patreon. Shout out to Magic Player History, Bolby the Don, Paulo and Franz's Warp, Andy Dillon. Drum, Raph, Breadhead, Matthew Bell, Dan Young, Glorian, Damien, Connor, and Yachty. Celebrate good times. Come on. Yeah. All right. Peach. My well got moistened throughout the show. <laughs> Man, I am super moist in this attic right now. It is hot. All right, but here we go. It's that time you've all been waiting for. I know you've been watching for an hour and 35 minutes for this moment right now. Peach or Stuff. Click that button. Woo! Peach, the USA women took game one of the World Cup 3-0 against Vietnam. Did you know? Uh, yes, I did. It pops up everywhere on social media. It's annoying. Uh, I'm really angry at how the USA women's soccer uses this platform to talk about anything that's not soccer. Just go play soccer. <laughs> oh, the speed, oh. The, shut up and dribble, Peach. That's what we're going with. That's not what I said. That's not what I said. <laughs> <laughs> but you beat Vietnam. It's not that impressive. Unless well, it's a war back in the 60s. We didn't do it in the – I was going to say, we did not do it in the 70s. So, I don't know. Is it that – it is impressive. This does not count as revenge. <laughs> speaking speaking of soccer, my friend. Damn. Do you know where the yep. Soccer Hall of Fame is? The National Hockey Soccer Hall of Fame is. Oh, wow. Um, I'm going to go with Wisconsin. No. But you are right in that it's a state I've lived or currently live in. And in fact, work in Frisco, Texas. Wow. At the site of where Dallas FC plays their games, the National Soccer Hall of Fame. I didn't I knew that their stadium was over there. I didn't know the National Soccer Hall of Fame was there until I just happened to be driving by and was like, holy crap, it's right there. So I will check that out at some point. Will you? Should talk soccer a little. But I will definitely, yeah, I would like to go see a game. Just, you know, I like to see events. I like yeah. to check this stuff out. And I have to get ready because the World Cup of Soccer is mm. coming to Dallas in 2026. That will be a big host site for it. So this is going to be exciting. Oh. Might even play. There's talk of them playing the, uh, the World Cup game in the Cowboys Stadium. So... Put this on your radar as a possible thing to do. Okay, uh, I might. I got a place to stay. I mean, we gotta say if I'm still here because <laughs> history has told us that that's a long ways away for me. <laughs> but 2026 World Cup. By then, I will be enough of a soccer file that I'll be like, I'm interested in this. Okay. World Cup is a big deal. There's room for growth there. I, it can't be worse than the Basketball Hall of Fame. So we're gonna have to check it out when I come down in the. Hold up, buddy. I'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh Peach, I watched a quick documentary on Hell in the Cell, the Mankind versus Undertaker match, often touted as the best match ever. Do you agree with that statement? Um I don't know if it's the best match as far as like my favorite, but I think it okay. was an important match for wrestling because this was things being done that just never thought should be done and honestly right. a lot of that stuff has not been done again right because it was too ridiculous too
too dangerous. Um, and it, any chances they've done spots that are similar, you can tell it's way safer than yeah. it was on that day when he's just thrown off a cell and down through it. If you haven't seen the highlights of this, oh I don't God. know how you've missed it because it's a, a legendary match. And the fact that he gets up from being thrown off through one single table yes. to then go back up on top and then go through, yes. which was not planned. No. <laughs> um, it, it just, uh, oof, that was... Uh, not necessarily my favorite match ever. What's your favorite? That's my follow-up. I know it's a large inning and it's supposed to be quick, but what's your favorite? Oh, it's got to be something with Shawn Michaels. Okay. Uh, Sexy but boy. It could be. I'm going to go with Bret Hart versus Owen Hart at WrestleMania 10. It led the show off in this great match. And I loved Owen Hart. And he mm-hmm. got to beat his brother that night in the opening match. It was awesome. But then Bret Hart won the title at the end of the night. Ah, it's good writing. It's good writing. <laughs> I gotta ask you, sir. I know yeah. you, you said you weren't gonna talk trash about Mitch with him sitting that close to you. I'll ask you now. Lonzo Ball, or uh, what is it, Lamelo? Lamelo Ball. He signed a five-year extension with the Hornets, mm. claiming that the team is on the right path. That's okay. what he signed. What say you? <laughs> uh, well, my I was responsible for the Charlotte Hornets in my team in the simulation at uh, Sports Business Classroom. And we Jordan will let you do that. Wow. Yeah. That's right. well, he's not oh, no, he's not the owner anymore. That was one of our biggest offseason moves. We put uh, his face and a crying emoji over the uh, over the Charlotte Hornets logo as one of our biggest moves of the offseason, getting rid of Jordan. Um, yeah, I, they're not on the right path. They have like, a weird collection of talent. Their culture has been jacked up. We got rid of Miles Bridges because of his domestic abuse all that stuff we don't want someone like that around the team James Booknight who a lot of Magic fans wanted had a gun while he, like on his lap while he fell asleep in his car the culture is just jacked up there and they've got a whole bunch of pieces that don't really seem to fit um, I would not say that they're on the right path there are some interesting things like what we saw from Nick Smith Jr. and uh, Brandon Miller did look good towards the end of Summer League so you know those are some guys that are interesting around LaMelo Ball but and Mark Williams, they've got some pieces, but they're a long way off. And to already have to pay LaMelo Ball that huge contract, their timeline is getting jacked up right now. So they're not going to be in a window to compete, I don't think. Feels like an attack to get on a man for You don't sleep with your gun on your lap? I mean, what's the big deal here? Like, soft northerners? <laughs> it's legal. It just doesn't seem like the <laughs> smartest thing to do. I don't know. It's just, just odd for me. But what do I know? <laughs> Um, so they, we talked about Roker t- saying that the commanders should be named the Washington Magic. Magic Johnson has said he's opening open to changing the name, which is why Roker was even making the comment in the first place. What should they be called, Pish? There was a lot of good names ideas when the commanders yeah. came out, I felt, that I heard um, some related to the uh, air team, which I can't remember them all right now. But the, And then there's the Red Wolves. High- Red Wolves I liked. I liked yeah. the Hogs, tying that back to their fans and their yeah. fan base. Mm-hmm. Uh, something like that I think would work better. If you're going to go with something from the military, go yeah. with the Generals. Or I don't know. The Generals reminds you of the Harlem yeah. Globetrotters foe. But like, there's definitely a better way you could go than Commanders so that Commies is your short-term name. I just feel like that was a swing and a miss. And the logo blows. So it's a complete miss. So it's a good time for a rebrand. It's tough to work with maroon yellow because they're not good colors together. Yeah. Maybe we'll change that up too. <laughs> I doubt that. That's, that should be the only thing that stays the same. All right. Uh, a guy was recently tossed from a WNBA game for sleeping. Seemed like it was a bit of a prank, but he yeah. did pay for the seats. Shows up in a onesie with a pillow, sleep hat, the whole jam. 
gets kicked out not only of this game, but apparently the NBA, too, had to come in and play Big Brother for Little Sis and say, well, you can't come watch our games either. Yeah. You got any thoughts about this sleeping here? I know you're a big nap guy. I'm a huge nap guy, so it is definitely counterintuitive for me to go this way. But this guy deserves everything that's coming. He was just trying to um, – he made uh, a stupid a stupid joke trying to insult the – it came off as an insult to the women's game. He even, like, picked up the ball and shot it, which in any arena is going to get you tossed. Um, so he definitely deserved to be tossed. The, the women's game has come a long way, man. It's getting more and more exciting. I'm, I'm going to try to go. It's in the summer, too, so I'm going to try to get up to Mohegan Sun here in the next month or so and catch a game. Um, that's something that Jerry West actually talked a lot about is the women's game and, and elevating that. So I'm going to get in line behind Jerry West and, and try to elevate the women's game because I think it's good for all of basketball because WNBA fans can all <laughs> – Oh, oh that's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. All you have to do is go nine feet on that rim, and then I think the WNBA game gets a little more interesting. Mm. I've been thinking about going to a Dallas Wings game. In fact, there's one tonight. But ticket prices are a little pricey for this. So, like, yeah. you'd think it'd be easy to get people in because you watch a game on TV, and you'll see at least half the stands on full. Lower the ticket prices, WNBA. Do the act that you think you are. Like, I'm interested in going to check out a game, but I'm not paying 60 bucks to sit in upper level. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's absurd. That's absurd. Yeah. And, you know. That's why uh, we're coming to you live over YouTube for free. All you got to do is just click that little like and subscribe, people. <laughs> Thanks so much for uh, spending this time with us. It's been real. Until the next time, episode 50, Peach, the bicentennial. That seems like it's important and we should do something. Will we or will I be too lazy? You shall see. <laughs> the Cole Anthony edition coming up. <laughs> It's been real. Thanks so much for spending some time with us, everybody. We'll see you next time, Second Cousins. Peace. Thanks for coming.